podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Lawrence Conley, Colin Watt, Russell Boyce, Natasha Mikkel. We are here to talk about Celtic, be that Celtic's women's team who have just defeated Rangers 1-0 or Celtic's men's team who are up at Patoji being beaten 1-0. Let's talk about the women's team Natasha, let's give them the credit that they deserve after snatching that victory. Um, they were under oh. the cosh but they've done the job. Oh, come on, what a result that is. Absolutely brilliant. And you know what? It's amazing to feel uplifted by a Celtic performance and to watch a team play so passionately to give 110% every tackle, every ball they were chasing. Yes, they were under the cosh. Yes, Rangers dominated the game, particularly the second half. But you know what? They soaked it up. They kept a clean sheet and they took their chance when it came. I thought Mariah Lee was absolutely excellent when she came on. Great composure to take that chance. Um, great goal, great result, and amazing scenes at the end to see them celebrate like that. Oh, it was tremendous. We're talking about uh, an inspired substitution. Colin Watt, where have they been for Celtic this season? <laughs> well, I did call it at half-time. I did wonder if Fran would go to two up front. Um, and taking Donaldson off and putting Mariah Lee on showed that he was definitely having a go for it. We were under the cosh for what was quite a lot of that game, but that defensive display from the, the kind of back four or back five, depending on how you looked at it, and Caitlin Hayes absolutely deserved the player of the match award. They were outstanding, the two centre-halves tonight. They rode a luck a couple of times, um, but, geez, it could have been 2-0 right at the death there if it wasn't for the the defending from the Rangers, uh, full, the centre-half, who actually, I'm not sure if it was her or her partner at centre-half tonight, also had a brilliant game that looked mm-hmm. very, very comfortable. Um, and the standard of the game was really, really impressive. Celtics number seven, Lawrence, with a trick or two, uh, and with the match winner, who'd have thought? <laughs> yeah, Mariah Lee. I mean, she took serve Lawrence kind of about 10 minutes before. She picked up the ball, ran, looked as if we, well, the ref didn't signal advantage, looked to be fouled, lost the ball. But, you know, 10 minutes later, 
as I think Colin said, the chap, what's the goalie doing, Tom? T-Garden in her second game back, outstanding yeah. midfield. And, and how Kerr's not sent off. She has a kick at her from behind when the ball's gone. The ref deems that a yellow card. You're like, it's not different rules, ref. You know, it's a setting off. <laughs> then, kind of late, later, about 20 minutes to go, she body checks T-Garden when T-Garden yet again bosses her. You know, you're like, it's a yellow. It's a second yellow. It's a sending off. Some favourable refing, which I, I think Colin uh, was explaining was going on in other games today as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will be talking, uh, obviously, at full time, uh, we will be talking about the, the men's game. We're, we're not going to entirely ignore it. We will explain our thinking behind uh, the decision to cover the women's game tonight because, unfortunately, in the comments section, particularly after the broadcasts were finished, uh, we were getting a wee bit of negativity coming through. So we will be discussing that. Now, Russell, um, this is your debut. This is the first time you have watched the Celtic women's team playing. I've got to say, until I was in the press conference the other week and I had the opportunity to interview Jodie Battle, who I thought was excellent tonight as well, mm-hmm. I hadn't watched any games. So how was your first experience overall? I was buzzing when we scored, man. I was jumping What a difference. What was it? Uh, I think the the whole team is so much more identifiable as what you expect Celtic to to rep- when they represent us on the pitch. And, and actually, I want to touch on the manager as well. I mean, I don't know if you've been watching the pictures after the game, if you've switched over or whatever. But he's going round them all. He's embracing them. He's absolutely buzzing. He's waving at no fans mm-hmm. in the stand. He's uh, he's it loud, eh? <laughs> Listen, Tony Haggerty talked about commitment. That tonight was commitment from totally one in the green white hoops. To yeah. that woman, it was. It definitely was the commitment all over. And I think Natasha's right. I think, you know, it was just, you've you seen a team that really did just try, do, would go to any length to keep the ball out the net. And, uh, you know, they got their deserved clean sheet in the end. Yes, they rode their luck, but you've got to do that in football. But I'll definitely be tuning in on Sunday to watch some play hubs, 100%. Just, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, just an update from Pataudry Lee Griffiths has scored a 93rd minute equaliser It's 1-0 A 93rd minute equaliser by Lee Griffiths' substitute Colin, you are watching a, a stream that's obviously quicker than mine because I, I can't see that on the screen um, I mean, when we're going to be talking about the, the Celtic game up at Pataudry we will cover it and we will touch on it uh, it seems to be a bit of the same old, same old, but I don't want to take away from uh, what's happened tonight at Celtic Park. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, th- the thing is, Natasha, when we look at that, I mean, we've seen the Celtic huddle. Um, we've also seen, you know, the uh, tattoos. We saw some of the players even screaming out uh, and swearing as well. And uh, the Celtic song's been piped out at Celtic Park. So can we accept this game? I mean, I, I was going on earlier about some of the negativity in the comments on the YouTube video. Do you think as a nation we will accept the, the women's game? I have absolutely no reason to believe that we won't or there certainly isn't any reason that we shouldn't because what we saw today was a passionate team between two not too dissimilar teams 
Um, a lot of commitment, a lot of, you know, people giving 110%. Like I said before, the tackles were there, the chances were there, the effort was there. And that has been all too lacking in men's football this season. So if we put games like this onto our mainstream channels, onto our own fan media, then there's absolutely no reason why we can't promote this game, get more people back in these games, get more people invested into it and promote it within Scotland. There's no reason why we shouldn't do that. Like Russell has touched on, when that goal went in in the women's game today, Russell was cheering, I was cheering, you know, we were all celebrating. Colin has just told us about a last-minute equaliser <laughs> for Celtic and Aberdeen, and it got a sarcastic woo from Russell <laughs> and very little else, you know? So it's very easy to see which game we were more invested in today. So let's keep that investment going. It's not funny yet. you say that, we were just saying in the chat, we probably celebrated that goal from Mar- Mariah Lee more than any men's goal. It's, it's not wrong. It's, it's not wrong. It's been, and to be, you've got to give her absolute credit the way that she takes it around Scotland's oh, yeah. goalkeeper and Jenna Fife to put it in the back of the net. Um, crack and crack and finish. I, I think that's a good turn of phrase as well, invested. I was invested in that tonight, do you know what I mean? And, and like I say, for the third minute when I found myself shouting at a decision or something, Probably akin to uh, <laughs> Lauren Scottley, but um, <laughs> I mean, once I found myself starting like that, uh, you know, by the second half, I was completely only zoned in on on that game of football. So it was really eye opening, and I'm, I'm really glad that we, uh, you know, that I did it. Absolutely. I'm going to go back to the comment that was made by Fran Alonso in the pre-match and where he spoke about being in a great state of mind. Now, I think that due to the fact that obviously the, the team have performed so badly and it's not just been about bad performances this season. You know, there's been a rot throughout Celtic, not just the team throughout the club um, how has that left Lawrence Conley the fans state of mind you know there was nothing contrived about Russell's reaction my reaction when Celtic scored and then our lack almost of a reaction uh, when Lee Griffiths scored that equaliser there at Petordre what's it done to the Celtic supporters state of mind this season Lawrence well, so I'm going to go back again to what Tony said about commitment you know we are so committed as fans to Celtic and we could tell those ladies were committed tonight and it's not something we can say about many in the men's team for the entire season, not even just in one-off games. And you can tell when somebody's kidding you on and they're not committed. You know what? You know I've stuck up for Greg Taylor because you know what? He never gives you less than 100% of that. He tries his heart out. People might say he's not Celtic class, he's a backup left back. Listen, there's players in that team that don't even have the courage to put in 100% every every game. That's yeah. the players that are in the Celtic class. Not the players that go out there and give you 100%, 100% every game and try their best. And he takes a, a lot more stick than somebody like, for example, Eddie does. And what has Eddie really done all season when you look at the ability that boy's got? See, the big thing, Lawrence, is I think earlier in the season people used to speak about, for example, Greg Taylor. There's been players like that at Celtic previously whereby people say, well, he always gets 100%. And the classic retort was, well, that's a prerequisite. You, you should always get that. Well, I don't think you do in a modern game. And I think what we've seen tonight was a, was a team who were all play, they were well, well drilled, but they're all playing for the jersey. And I think that was one of the, the best parts of this experience tonight. Now, Colin, I know that you've been doing uh, your research on the, the women's team over the last 24 hours or so. We've never won a title 
you know yeah. uh, Glasgow City 13 in a row incredible Rangers are pushing this season they've thrown everything uh, this season to win that title how far do you think Celtic are from winning uh, a league title here? I think what you've got to give Celtic credit for is the fact that this is the first season that they have went fully professional so to close the gap on what is the, the gap between Glasgow City and the rest of the league they're only five points behind at the moment if you look at the season that was curtailed due to Covid the season that never really got going there was only one game played um, Celtic actually beat Glasgow City in that first game which shows that the gap is, is closing quick they're only two points tonight behind Rangers and five behind Glasgow City the first step for Celtic is to get into that Champions League spot and take it from there. As Russell was saying earlier on, it almost kind of echoes the men's game where you get into the Champions League, get in, into the habit of that, then you push for the titles and then you try to start dominating the game. Um, it's probably going to take Celtic maybe another two to three years to get to that level, I would say, where they're actually pushing for the title. But considering, I think, Natasha, you can tell me if I'm wrong, I think we finished fifth in the last season that finished. So to yeah. and it was quite quite a bit behind Glasgow City. So yeah. to be at the level that we're at just now in a short space of time, they've come on so far so quick. Now Mariah Lee was actually one of the uh, winter signings, Natasha. So she was one of the players we were talking about earlier, who hasn't been able to fully integrate with the squad uh, during the, the lockdown and the pandemic. Um, I've got to say though, uh, she's already had a mention, but Sarah Teagarden is definitely my new hero of this side. Um, she's been out, she only came back recently, she's been out for a whole year with a, an ACL injury. How impressed were you with her performance tonight? I thought she was absolutely excellent. Um, I thought she really dominated that area of the pitch and just swept up everything that came her way. And do you know one thing I would comment on about her, and it's something that we seriously lack in the men's game this season. If she looked like someone who was just enjoying her football, she looked like she was just enjoying the game, happy to be there and happy to be back on the pitch. She's been out for a long time. Um, that's a bad injury. She's come back in seamlessly. Um, you know, she's scored a couple of goals. She's only, you know, what is that, two games back now? Um, mm -hmm. And looking like she's never been away. And above all, looking like she's enjoying it, happy to be there, fully committed. Those are things that we can't say about the men's team this season. Um, even when they are, you know, scoring goals, even when they are getting points, there's not that passion and happiness and commitment there that we saw in the women's team today, both during the game, after the game. And I think that's refreshing um, and long may it continue. Russell, this is the only Celtic side that has beaten Rangers this season. <laughs> And they've done it twice. They've done it twice. <laughs> now, John Kennedy um, will have another opportunity. But based on events this evening, do you think they will be the only Celtic side to beat Rangers this season? I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, it's such a dead rubber, the men's one now as well. So I don't even... I, don't, I think when it's got to that stage of the season, even if we did win, what does it prove? It doesn't prove anything. So it's, it's a... It's a false win, that one, anyway. No, show me that, what we watched tonight, you know, any day of the week. That was that was the real deal winning as a Celtic fan over your rivals. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anything that, you know, that, that happens in the in the final men's Glasgow derby is going to have any sort of impact on me. It will be very much, I think, like the one at Celtic Park, um, where El Yunusi scored for us, it was 1-1. I've never been so dis... Like just engaged with a you know a match of that 
you know, like one of those derby matches in my life. I mean, I, I was barely watching it, to be honest with you. I've never felt like that. Um, tonight, I can't emphasise enough. I had my full attention. My phone was down most of the time, which, again, normally I'm usually, you know, picking up your phone and going on Twitter and stuff. I was just, I just think, I think it's the, as I say, it's the traits of the players that was really, really eye-catching. But just for balance, I've got to say, because we've got to analyse, you know, the game like we would anyone else. I thought that Ewan's up front was awful, man. I don't think she So, just for a bit of balance, because I don't want it to sound like we're just sugarcoating, because that's not what I'm about. I'm being honest, but, you know, I really did enjoy it. But um, uh, she was murdered tonight. Um, thankless task, I suppose. And, um, the, the, the sub who came on uh, and got the goal absolutely outstanding electric pace really close, mm-hmm. good close dribbling and you're right Lauren sort of threatened it about 10 minutes before that and I thought there was a foul in there too by the way just <laughs> <to> <laughs> say, thought it was a foul. even the ref thought it was a foul she just didn't award it <laughs> see this is a big thing it's a great point because she's come over from the States Natasha going back to the point that we spoke about before the game with regards to Celtic's brand let's not forget you know the club um, in terms of their corporate identity they're a brand who will know that if an American footballer comes over and does well for Celtic at any level be that the men's team or the women's team that's going to work well for Celtic over in the States not only for bringing new talent over but also to increase the awareness of the Celtic brand Yeah, and that can only be a good thing. Um, And the importance of getting into the Champions League and expanding our brand in that market can't be understated either. European leagues place a much higher emphasis on women's football than the Scottish League does at the moment, unfortunately. Let's hope that changes. But if we can get our women's team to start competing at that level and start playing these teams in the Champions League, promoting our brand... That can only be a good thing. Similarly, like you've touched on, having players like um, Sarah Teagard and Mariah Lee coming over from America gets the interest of that fan base, which is massive. That women's fan base in America is massive. If we can start engaging them into our club and having them interested in our games and how their players are performing, again, can only be a good thing for the Celtic brand. So even from a pure brand and marketing perspective, let's start putting more money into this women's team and let's start giving them the promotion and visibility they need to go out there and make our brand look even better. Listen, look, now, back in 2010 when we won the cup, the women's team won the cup 2010. Is that right, Natasha? Mm-hmm. I'll trust you on the audience, it sounds right. Because, no, I was running about the time Lappin was playing, I don't think she was in the cup winning team, the commentator was, was playing around about that time, Chema yeah. Fain goals. But Celtic then caught back and ended up with like Julie Fleet and Suzanne yeah. Grant all leaving at that time. Didn't push on, didn't, you know, you've won your first trophy, you've got a chance to push on and, and do something. Sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it? You know, but it's something that's cried out for investment. And T. Gavin, did she come from Wheel? It was we signed up from, was it? I know she's an American to be taken off a of wheel, though. Silence. It was either her or Mariah Lee that came from Leon's franchise in America. I'm not sure. I think that was probably Mariah Lee that was playing college football then for Leon's franchise, and then we took her from there. Not <laughs> sure about T. Garden. Teagarden joined at the same time as Summer Green as well, but then Summer Green's now departed the club. Yeah, um, I think they came from the same the, the same team at that time, but I'm pretty sure that was an American team they came from. Whatever way, it's better than uh, Goodman and Perez, isn't it? Or 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Now, there's a couple of comments coming up here, and this shows you the two ends of the scale. So first and foremost, Gillian Gallagher, welcome to the show, Gillian. You're watching on YouTube. Love the game. Love Fran. Well done, Axon, for shining light on our females. Fantastic. Now, keep this one in mind, uh, because it is a reminder that... uh, Yesterday the decision was made for a number of reasons. We've been speaking about the the women's game for some time uh, on a Celtic state of mind. We were able to go into a press conference fairly recently uh, and interview them uh, for one of their games that was uh, two or three weeks back. But also, you know, as fans, we've uh, been hearing all week about how without fans, football is nothing, etc. And how we're basically just treated like customers, like fodder. Uh, We were going to be called legacy fans up until a couple of uh, hours ago. Uh, And basically, a Celtic state of mind, as well as obviously buying the the virtual season tickets, we had, you know, subscribed to uh, the commercial packages for Sky Sports, Premier Sports, BT Sports, and then had to buy games on a day-to-day basis. So we made a decision that we weren't going to do that. We're going to support Celtic in a different way. So this doesn't mean, say, that you don't support Celtic. But here's an example, and I'm going to bring it up because... Adam Beanie-Smith reckons that we're trying too hard to be liked covering women's football. Now, this is the attitude uh, that you are up against. Now, when we made this decision, I knew straight away that the people who tune in to every one of our post-match bulletins um, would be expecting us to be covering the Aberdeen game because that's what we've done all season. We've covered the men's game. And I also knew that in doing this tonight that we wouldn't get the same audience. But I think it was worthwhile doing it because we felt it was more important to actually shine a light on the women's game uh, but also take a stand against the fact that we're being fleeced as fans. And we're not getting enough uh, added value that we were promised. But what you get is you get comments like this from Adam Beanie-Smith, who probably watched the Celtic Aberdeen game on a dodgy stream online. He never paid for it, Adam. Uh, Trying too hard to be liked. We don't have to try too hard. What we do, Adam, is we produce content on a daily basis, free charge, and we put it out to Celtic fans. And all season, and all through lockdown, two lockdowns, people have appreciated that. So I think you're in a minority. And I don't regret doing it tonight and I thoroughly enjoyed it and it sounds as though we enjoyed the night a wee bit more than you Adam so you can crawl back under your wee rock uh, in 1926 or wherever it is you came from because the world is moving on and so so much so Natasha I need to come to yourself with this one recently just last month Andy Townsend spoke about it's just a matter of time before a female is going to manage a professional men's club what's your thoughts on that? I see absolutely no reason why that won't be the case. Um, you had recently Emma Hayes, who manages the women's team down in down in England, was linked to, I believe, the Wimbledon job at the time. Um, and there was outrage about whether a woman could manage a men's team. And she was asked about it in one of her press conferences. And she ruled herself out of the job, declaring it in maybe better terms than I will as a downgrade. Why would she go to manage a team like Wimbledon when she could stay with her team at the moment competing with some of the best 
you know, players that are available to her, some of the best players in the league, some of the best players in Europe at the time, challenging mm-hmm. in the Champions League. Why would she trade that to go to that level of men's football? And she made the point as well, do you know what? There's actually less money in it. Mm. So why would she do that? So there is, I think, opportunities for women to manage in men's football, but let's not patronise them by thinking it has to be in one of these lower league tiers. If they're capable of doing the job, if they have the right skills, the right attributes, the right experience, the right knowledge, then absolutely no reason why a woman can't manage a men's team. Well, the the thing with that is, Lawrence will definitely remember this. There was a TV show, I think it might have been in the late 80s or the early 90s, called The Manageress. And it was often looked upon as being a bit of a joke show. And it was exactly that storyline where a female manager managed a men's football team. Do you remember it, Lawrence? Yep. But, but your initial point was manage a club. But Karen Brady managed a club. So not just men manage a team. But, you know, yeah, I do remember the show. But, you know, what, what what's the barrier? If people say they can't do it, why? You, you know, other than just because you think they can't, why can't they? What is it about a woman that she couldn't understand tactics, couldn't manage a team, couldn't motivate a team? What is that? You know, it's kind of hard to put your finger on. You know, other than the argument just seems to be they can't. And you're going, right, okay. Maybe a wee bit more depth than that, but please. No, you're right. (laughs) Expand on it. But again, and this isn't to single out McGrory as such, a podcast for all, like the Celtic view of podcasts with no dissenting allowed. When it comes to misogyny or homophobia um, or fascism, McGrory, then we're not going to accept it. So you can say a podcast for all or a club for all. No, not for everybody. So if you're going to be a racist or a homophobe or misogynist, then you're going to be called out because it's unacceptable. And that comment that came up earlier from Adam was exactly that. It was misogynistic. So I take your your point on board, McGrory, but I've got to disagree with you. I know you listen to the show uh, on a regular basis. It's all about having a difference of opinion, and we welcome that. So Celtic Viewer podcast, I don't think so. I don't agree with that in the slightest. Um, What would you say, Russell, having watched your first game, uh, to any of the naysayers out there when it comes to women's football? I think you've got to have an open mind from the start. I think you've just got to treat it like you're watching, the, you know, the, the the men's team. That's basically what I did. I was in a in a mindset where you know I was going to support the team that was you know playing green and white hoops. Exact same. Just treat it like any other Celtic game. Um, firstly, the first thing that's going to happen to you is you're going to get pleasantly surprised by the quality. Um, you're going to get you're going to appreciate the fact that they don't roll around, you know, like they do in the men's game. You know, it's not, you know, these players seem to have a heck of a lot more fight and a heck of a lot more heart in them. I also happen to think the referee was outstanding. I thought they, you know, I know, I know obviously Lawrence has these million reasons, but that could be <laughs> any game. I think the ebb and flow of the match was really refreshing. It was end to end. And I, I can't emphasise enough, I was hooked. Um, and that's, that's just one game. So I tell them, I think it's important that I've done it that I do try and kind of, see it through do you know what I mean and then like come Sunday I seen it was on the telly again so why not watch it do you know what I mean what, what am I going to do watch you know West Ham against Burnley do you know what I mean no Paul, Paul see the thing is at the end of the day the girls or the men it doesn't matter who's playing they're out there representing Celtic this is Celtic Football Club, regardless of whether it's the men or the women's team. Tonight we made the decision to go out there and 
watch the women's game and commentate, or not commentate, but comment on the women's game. Now, I, I watched both because it's Celtic. I want to watch Celtic regardless. And as Russell says, that game for the women's against Hibs is going to be on the telly on Sunday. And if there's another live show after the Hibs game, then I'll be tuning in if I'm not involved in it. I think it's an encouraging thing that we're enlightening people that there is more than just the men's game out there. And it's, you've got to try and gather the interest as much as possible. As I said to Natasha a couple of days ago, really interested to see what the viewing figures will be for that game tonight and compare them to the amount of pay-per-views bought for the Aberdeen game because I reckon there was probably more dodgy streams bought than what was pay-per-views tonight. Um, and as we said, if the stadium was open, there'd certainly have been a good few amount, a good amount of fans at that game tonight if they were allowed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we're not neglecting uh, Celtic men, men's team. We've followed them absolutely uh, all season, good, bad or indifferent. Uh, not much of the former, unfortunately, this season. So, MB, we do support both teams. And as Colin said, he did cheat the night because he was watching it on a dodgy stream. And uh, tell us about, run us through that performance tonight. Because, yeah, Lee Griffiths comes on, he scores a 93rd minute equaliser. Colin, we know that's what he can do. It looks as though he might be handed a free transfer uh, in the pre-season. How was it tonight? It was a hard watch. Um, not just because you're trying to watch two games at the same time but it was a difficult watch they came out in the second half looking as if they were trying to get themselves back into it Um, but Aberdeen spurned at least two or three really good chances started off with Turnbull a lovely bit of play between um, Elanoussi and Edward leads to Turnbull it comes off the bar and then about 10 minutes later Johnny Hayes is sent through one-on-one with Scott Bain and it's only for the tackle coming back from Callum McGregor that stops it from going back into the back of the net. A couple of minutes after that, an interception from Brown falls at the feet of the Aberdeen forward. He's one-on-one with Bain and he puts it past the post. At that point, it looks as if Aberdeen were set to go and get the second goal. They were really having a go at it. The fact that we let Johnny Hayes run from the halfway line completely unmarked sums up the way that Celtic's defending had went in that game. Uh, the introduction of Karamoko Dembele was actually very interesting. He came on for Scott Brown in a substitution that seemed to change the formation that we were playing, and he played quite a pivotal role um, in the lead-up to the goal. Eventually, it's a ball coming in from the left-hand side that gets to Lee Griffiths, and Lee Griffiths does what he does best when the ball's in the air, reaches up over guys that's at least six, seven inches taller than him and bangs it into the bottom Goalkeeper's right or left-hand corner were basically what was the last touch of the game. Celtic really lucky to come away with that game with a point tonight. Aberdeen will be absolutely disappointed not to get the three points, um, especially with, a, I believe, Hibs beat Livingston earlier, didn't they? So that race for third place for Aberdeen, um, I think they're, they're pretty much out of it. They're seven behind with three games to go. They've still got to go to Hibs and Rangers. Look, we're playing pre-season games pretty much between now and the end of the season. It was good to see Karamoko Dembele getting some minutes. Whether he'll still be here next season or not, who knows. Um, but I'd like to have seen more coming off. It was very like for like. When Eddie and Christie went off, they didn't really look bothered. Roger and Griffiths came on and started to spark a bit of life into the team, but it just wasn't enough. And it's just a typical Celtic performance. Lackluster, not creating enough, and defensively, completely all over the place. Natasha, we've spoken about Lee Griffiths. Um, it was either this week or last where, you know, the question was, do we give him that option 
of an extra year. And, you know, even though he came off the bench tonight and scored what could have been in a different uh, a different season, an important goal up at Pataudry. You just imagine uh, games in the past, Wednesday night games up at Pataudry, snatching a draw, you know, three minutes into injury time. Normally that would have been a very important goal. It basically just saves the blushes tonight. Um, that's not going to change your mind, I'm guessing? No. It's not. In fact, all it does to me is sort of cements my opinion on him this season, which is that if he is capable of popping up and scoring goals and getting us points like that, then he's completely let us down all season by not getting him fit enough to, to do that for the whole season. You know, if he himself had managed to get himself fit enough for pre-season to play an important part of the season, then he could be popping up like that with goals and winning points for us a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. It's too late. Um, it doesn't change my opinion. Chances are up for me. Um and, you know, it's interesting to hear Colin's description of, of that game and completely contrast it with what we've just had. You know, mm-hmm. a, a tough watch, uninterested, last-minute winner, none of us really reacted to. Compare that to what we've just had with the women's game. You know, that was, you know, a thriller. And, yeah, I know what game I would rather have watched tonight, especially when you're charging another £12 on top of it. So, yeah, I think we all made the right choice. And the reaction uh, of the gaffer on the, the touchline when we scored the goal as well. You know, he was delighted. Yeah, absolutely delighted. You can tell how Kennedy's been all season, though, how mm. Lennon was before him. Look at the way they're standing at the side of the park and look at Fran Alonso. I know. I know who would inspire me. No wonder the girls are acting like that. No wonder they're 110% up for it. Just look at Fran Alonso. Um, yeah. And maybe more of that from Kennedy or Lennon could have, could have helped the players a bit too. There was a point in the second half and I was watching it and it cut to the stand where the Celtic substitutes were sitting. Now at this oh. point, Eddie and Christy were already off the park. The rest of them just kind of sitting there, not even interested. Just didn't, They didn't look as if I want to go on, I want to go and prove myself, I want to get play myself into the team. But that, that's something that's... It's taken a long time for that to happen. I mean, that is part of this culture that Neil Lennon spoke about fairly early on, but that culture was embedded by him. And that, that that's going to take a, a really strong character, a really strong manager, a leader, to come in and change the culture of a football club. And we said it all season. That doesn't happen overnight. Lawrence and I had a few good discussions about it. It takes months. Sometimes it can take several transfer windows to change the culture because you need to root out people uh, who are embedded in that culture. Now, Russell uh, has been on various buses this season. What bus are you on this week, Russell? He's on the Fran bus. What's, what's the latest bus? Come on. <laughs> He's on the Fran Alonso bus. I was considering a bus for your Fran after his performance tonight. I, I did enjoy that. I think we need to be in the Mourinho mega buses, as Lawrence calls it now. I mean, he, he says he wants straight back into work. Oh, he's box office, man. He, he gets the juices flowing. I would rather him than Eddie Howe. I don't care what anyone says. I would go for him. He'd be my number one by that. So it might be epic. And he would get a fight in the Champions League. He'd win the league. Easy peasy. He could come up, you know, on still a really strong wage. When I mean, you look at some of the absolute numpties in that team right now that you could take out of that squad, release on a free, and free up the half wages for a Jose Mourinho. And oh, that would be back in the map anyway. So, yeah, firmly driving that bus this week. 
Anyone want picked up? Just let me know on Twitter, and I'll pick you up. <laughs> well, I've got to say, I mean, like everybody else, we're awaiting um, a word from Celtic Park, Lawrence. When you are getting phone calls from people who are normally your sources asking if you've heard anything, it starts to get a little bit tetchy here at a state of mind. Um, where are you on all of this? I know that you stood by Neil Lennon for a long, long time, longer than a lot of Celtic supporters, um, but you must realise that. Uh, I, to be honest, Russell, no disrespect, I don't think it will happen because I just think, I remember yeah. somebody saying to me that a manager like Benitez or Mourinho, because they were linked previously, will only go to a club where he believes he can win a European trophy. And it, may, it makes sense that, that this elite manager, and he, it, there's no doubt that he is an elite manager, would want to go somewhere, somewhere that had those ambitions to win a European trophy. And I think that's why I would maybe score him off the list. Um, I'm still in the Eddie Howe camp. At the moment, having gone through a couple of different um, journeys over the, the last few months. Um, last word to yourself, Lawrence, where are you when it comes to the Celtic managerial position? To, to be honest, uh, you, you're saying they'll only go somewhere that can win a European trophy. Newcastle and China. Well, China, Benitez definitely wasn't winning a European trophy, and I doubt he was winning one at Newcastle. So, you know. 12, 12, 12 million quid a month sometimes might you know, alleviate so, that issue. Yeah, so I think we can uh, say that it's possible. He'd he done it with Porto, didn't he? he as we, we know to our cost, he, he went UEFA Cup, European Cup. You know, he is the special one. I am on the Megabus and talking about phone calls, you know, it was Jack Ross last week complaining you need to score two goals. I have for one to count. I've had Callum Davidson on. Apparently you need to be awarded two penalties to be allowed to have one. <laughs> Well, I've got to say, uh, tonight was very enjoyable. Uh, there was a, a real reason behind it. And uh, next season, hopefully, when we're back in the grounds, there'll be opportunities to go and see it in the flesh. Um, as the, the game progresses at a relentless rate, we are Celtic supporters. It doesn't matter if we're supporting the Colts team, the women's team, or the first team, the, the men's team. Um, and I hope everybody has enjoyed that and can tune in at some stage between now and the end of the season. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved even Adam who disagrees with us <laughs> vehemently uh, for having the uh, the cheek to speak about women's football but we're going to do it anyway and thank you to uh, the Axom contributors for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Podcast Network.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Network.